You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to episode 24 of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host Sam Neat, a full-time British basketball advocate. This week, we've got the chance to sit down with GB star and Gravelines forward, Miles Hessen. Uh, he's been requested by a couple of people. And uh, he's been someone that I've wanted to speak to for a while, uh, just because he has such a unique career trajectory um, as one of the few, if not only guys um, in the time that I've been covering the sport that has actually stayed in the UK whilst being a younger prospect um, and then made the step up to playing in higher levels abroad as his career has progressed. Um, And so his story is a really interesting one. Obviously, Miles is a, is a reserved, um, softly spoken character, uh, but I think that he did a really good job in this interview of kind of telling his story and giving an insight into uh, the things that he's done and kind of where he's come from um, to get to where he is today. Some incredible story stories in there, including um, how the move to Germany first came about, ends up jumping on a plane, um, and essentially, same day he lands, he's playing in the BBL that night, uh, not under any, any type of contract, um, and how it all kind of went on from there. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating, really, really good story, really interesting, and also I think um, just shows an alternative route for younger players coming through, that it is possible to be a pro, to represent the Great Britain senior national team without following uh, you know, the accepted routes of of going to the US or going to Europe when you're young. So anyway, have a listen. Let me know what you think. Um, Thanks for all the great feedback on the Joe Eden podcast from last week. It has been one of the most positively received episodes we've done so far. Um, So we're going to keep trying to bring it like that. As always, please do let me know what you think. On Twitter, at HoopsFix, you can reach me on email, sam at hoopsfix.com, and every other social media profile, at HoopsFix as well. And of course, if you do have any suggestions for guests, we've got a massive list at the moment that we're adding to every week with suggestions. Um, But do let me know, and we will add whoever it is to the list and try to make it happen uh, as we continue to grow the audience of the pod and putting out consistent episodes weekly. So anyway, have a listen. Uh, here is the conversation with Miles Hessen. We are honoured to be here this week with Miles Hessen, GB forward and Gravelines basketball player. Miles, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So it seems like the obvious place to start um, with the GB campaign, having just finished. Um, what is GB and kind of what happened to you? It was you were I think you were announced on the initial squad and then. You signed in France, um, and it kind of became apparent that you weren't going to be able to play. So can you talk a little about kind of what happened and kind of what your thought process was uh, heading into this summer? Yeah, personally, uh, I really wanted to play for GB this year and help qualify for the Euro basket, but uh, it just didn't work out because my team, they're not really allowed to not let players go to their national team, but we came to an agreement because it was... I was going to be a major player or have a key role on a new team. And they really just wanted me there for the for the whole of pre-season to, to get acclimated with the, with the team and stuff like that. You had to come to an agreement that I wouldn't 
go to GB this year. So that's how that came about. How hard is it to kind of, um, you know, find that balance between, uh, you know, representing a national team every summer, which I think you of all people know how, how big that can be for your career, but then also um, putting your own sort of professional career first. And, and obviously that's how you earn your money. That is your living. Um, you know, how, how difficult a balance is that? It's, it's quite tough because the national team is something that as a child and as a, as a kid coming up, it's something that you really, really wanted to want to do and something that's really fun to do as well also. And then like now in the, in the point of my career, the, you got to realise how many, how many players there are that, that are really fighting for the same jobs. And it, it came down to a thing where it was, I have signed a contract or they get someone else to fill my spot. I just had to think about my, obviously my family, myself, and it's a, it's a job at the end of the day, which pays my bills and all that type of stuff. So I had to make the decision for this year to do that. And then did you, did you end up watching GB's games from, from France? Yeah, I, I did keep up with most of the games that were streamed live. And what was, what was your analysis of the of the team's performance and, and how they looked and and everything else? It was really good from what I saw that we didn't really back down from any, any of the teams that we played. It was always in, in the game to be, to win. And it, it just it looks good going forward. There's a few good new players that I've never played with before and I'm looking forward to seeing them next year. Are you hoping to make that return next summer for Eurobasket 2017 then? Yeah, definitely, for sure. I'd like to, if the same situation arises next year, then I'd have to try and work my way around it. But for sure, I really want to play Eurobasket next year with the team. And have you had any contact with GB? Are GB um, sort of speaking to you regularly about, about next summer? Yeah, I stayed in contact with GB throughout the whole of last summer, this summer also, to make sure everything was going well when in camp and just really just to keep keep informed and keep them informed about how I am and how they were and stuff so yeah. how, how did they react when they found out that you weren't actually going to end up play, playing this, this summer well I, I was speaking to Joe earlier in the summer and um, he, was, he was talking about the upcoming games and stuff and he really wanted me on the team again and stuff like that so I mean it was it was it was tough to tell them that I wasn't going to be involved, but they understood and they worked around it, and they came out with the with the, win, with the results that we needed. And how have you found France so far this season? Uh, it's been an up and down one for me. I'm just trying to find my rhythm on a new team again, and I usually play better in the second half of the season. I don't know why, but that's just how it's been for me in these past past couple of years. Do you think it, it served you well being able to come in for the entire preseason and stuff um, and sort of have that extra time with the team to get acclimated? Yeah, it does and it don't sometimes. Sometimes you, I, I came into preseason pretty fresh and then at the end of the end of preseason I was pretty tired and that's, <laughs> what, that's how it is a lot of the times I've realised. But it's, it's definitely good having having that court time with, with your teammates. How... Uh... How difficult was preseason? I remember. I think it was on your Snapchat that I saw. Maybe it was Instagram, and they had you like running mountains and stuff, or running ridiculously steep hills. Like, uh, can you talk a little bit about that? 
Oh yeah, that was that was last season when I was with uh, with Dijon. Right. That was one of the hardest pre seasons I've ever had to do. That was. <laughs> and what what kind of stuff did they have you doing? We was out in the mountains for a week. Uh, the morning would be something outdoors. So the, so I think Monday we started off. We all went. We drove down the mountain to this kind of lake trail thing. And we got there, and I saw the, the size of it. I was like, okay, I think I can do that once. And then the trainer, I think he was like maybe 60 years or 60 plus. He's like, yeah, we're going to do this three times. <laughs> uh, I wasn't prepared for that at all. So in the mornings we'd do something like along that level. And then in the evenings we'll just basic basketball, just passing drills, fast break drills, shooting, all that type of stuff. Do you generally make a point of trying to stay in shape in the summer so you don't kind of get caught off guard when the season comes round, or, or is it kind of uh, you know being thrown right in at the deep end when you get to a team for pre-season? I mean, you can prepare all you like until you get to pre-season. You never know what you're gonna what you're gonna encounter. Really, I always try and stay in shape. I work out twice a day usually at home for most of the most of the uh, off season. It's just you just never know what you're gonna what you're gonna get really. When you when you when you come home for the summer, are you working out in Birmingham? Yeah, well, Birmingham and Leicester. Okay, and uh, what, what? How? I mean, it's something I wanted to get onto later on, but I, I figure it, we might as well talk about it now, seeing as we're on the topic. But um, the state of Birmingham basketball, you know, it seems like everyone has an opinion, like. You know, London is always spoken about as, as being a big mess. It seems to be a, a, a common problem in cities, but you know, everyone I speak to from Birmingham um, just has a lot of bad things to say about just the state of basketball there, the politics um, and sort of the infighting. Uh, what, what's kind of your assessment on the situation um, and, and what's been your experiences of, of basketball in Birmingham? I mean, me personally, I like to stay out of all that type of that type of conflict when, when people are talking about politics and stuff because there there's there's a few teams in Birmingham and I it's I think it it takes away from them being able to produce high level teams and play at a high level having so many different different teams and having a few other more elite players at each team and and then a few non I think there was a, I can't remember the name of the team that they that they started, but they tried to have all the best players on one team at one stage, and I don't think it worked out because maybe coaches that were coaching them before didn't want them to go and play for that certain coach and all that type of stuff. I think it probably happens all over the, all over the UK, but in Birmingham, it's just it hasn't really in recent years, to my knowledge. It's not hasn't it, the sport just hasn't gotten any better, as in them producing players going off to college and stuff. There's probably been a few more lately, but not that, not that I can, not that I know of. Which guys from which players and stuff in Birmingham are you still in in regular touch with, and do you hear from um, to kind of get your information from from on the ground? The players that still play in Birmingham, or players from Birmingham that are kind of around Birmingham, or you know that have the link. Um, mostly older players. Not really. I don't really, I don't really speak to many of the younger players like that. Um, I think Kofi, Kofi Josephs. He's obviously from Birmingham. He's been been in college 
four years and he's just just playing his first personal season out in Germany. Um, he he hadn't really been back home for too much, so I don't really think he's in, involved in all that type of stuff over there now. Yeah. So I think most of the older players that I've I talked to like Martin Gale, Daniel Belgrave. They've they've been through it. They've seen everything. They already know what what to expect from them in basketball now. And then they just take whatever they can from it, really. Whatever makes them happy now. Long term, kind of down the line, do you see yourself wanting to do stuff in Birmingham to try and help improve it? Whether it's you know running a camp or getting involved with clubs there. Like, what are your kind of feelings about it? Yeah, for sure. When I when well when I go back and I'm working out, I always try and work out with a few of the guys there and and stuff like that. It's just getting the facilities and being able to do it with just more than me there because in a lot of the places where I work out, it's not they don't really let too many people in for free and stuff like that. And then when you gotta tell someone they have to pay to try and work out, it's it's all the different different thing after that. So I definitely love to it's. It's, I'd prefer to do it on my own and if I went to do it with one coach another coach would maybe be like oh have me bring this over here and stuff like that so yeah, I decided to keep it low key and just do my own thing really In, in terms of working out and stuff when you get back um, you spoke briefly there about the sort of access to facilities and cost of facilities and stuff um, for you personally are you at a point now because you're a, you're a GB guy um can you get access to facilities free? Do you get access whenever you want? Or, you know, how does it work for you personally? Or, or do you face struggles and barriers getting somewhere to work out as well? Uh, there's always barriers and stuff in England for basketball because it's usually at a community centre which have badminton half the time. So, <laughs> I mean, if the badminton's not on and I call up in the mornings to my usual workout facility, then I can get in there and get my work done. But if there's if there's badminton on, then that's when I have to call around and then try and find somewhere else. And that's when it gets a little bit a little bit messed up. But I usually end up finding somewhere I can go. Badminton, I think, is every uh, is every British basketball player's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it is. Cause endless problems. Definitely. Um. So I want to I want to rewind and kind of go back into sort of your your early your early days um, you know I think your career is a really interesting one and, and it's one I point to often as I think the only the only player in or one of the only players that I can think of right now in in sort of the era or generation that I've been following the sport that has come up and stayed in the UK and then gone on to play at a higher level later as opposed to taking the US college route or European route when they're when they're a lot younger um, so I'd love to go into all of that, but can we start with just talking about, uh, you know, what made you first pick up a basketball and how you first got into the game? Okay. Um, personally, I used to play football, and that used to be my main love and, and, and my my main sport that I used to play when I was younger. And I I played up until the age of fourteen, I think it was, and then that's when I I got asthma. I don't know how or when, but I just couldn't couldn't run outdoors anymore. I just have an asthma attack after playing football for like fifteen minutes outside. And, and obviously in football, once you take a sub, that's it for the game. You're out. So that really ended my 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 love for the game. After that, I couldn't play. 
too much. And then I always had a basketball hoop in my back garden and I'd always mess around with my older brothers and stuff, but nothing too serious. And, and I'm just playing at school and stuff like that. Just, it was like a natural transition for me after after football wasn't wasn't planning out for me. I, I realised I could I was actually pretty good at basketball. I could play a little bit. I enjoyed it and um I could control my, my asthma by taking subs at certain times but it was still pretty bad if you ask one of my first coaches, Rob Palmer, when I was younger he uh, I'd play for maybe two, three minutes and have to come out, catch my breath and then go back in and then come back out, go back in and it was it was tough, but I ended up like, developing a love for the game and I just stuck with it. And now it's not really much of a problem for me. Is that, you don't battle with asthma at all anymore? Not really, no. Like, unless I'm somewhere really, really cold and then I, I do like, a stupid amount of running and don't control myself with, with breaks and stuff like that. So then your, did you your first club was City of Birmingham, is that right? Yeah, City of Birmingham Basketball Club. And so, did you? Was that the? Were you playing National League straight away, or you know, were you playing sort of a, a sort of community basketball league level, like local stuff earlier, or kind of what what um, initial divisions competitions were you playing in? Um, if I remember, I, I just used to go there on a Saturday for practice, and then ended up joining the team. I think it was under under fifteens, maybe or under. Under 16s, and we was uh, we was playing national division, Premier North or something like that. I think okay. it was. And then under 18s, I, I moved to the Lords of Basketball Academy in Birmingham. That was like partnered with City of Birmingham. Um, I ended up playing for the. There was two teams. My first year in six four, there was the Premier team and then the Conference team, and I, I ended up getting picked for the Conference team, which was a bit like it was bad news for me. I didn't think I, I thought I was better than that, but <laughs> it was a setback, which only made me better, really. And so, how old were you at this point? Eighteen. So you were eighteen, just, and you 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 were you were made, you made the co- you weren't able to make the first team of your academy at this point. No, oh sorry, not not eighteen. I was well, how old was I? It was for the under eighteen. So as soon as I left school, 16, 16, 17. yeah, sixteen, seventeen. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. And so then, what happened from there? Obviously, that was a, that was a blow to your confidence. Yeah, I played for I played for the conference team, and I, I broke my wrist in the. It might have been the first game of the season, so I was out for quite a while. Just had to just rehab myself basically and get get back to playing shape and just I was at every practice watching every practice and just doing what I could on the slide until I until I came back and then I finished off that season I really don't remember how well we done or if we done well at all um, and then the following season that's when I, I made the, the Premier team and I had a good season I think we made it to the we didn't make it to the final fours, but I think it was like the just the stage just before final fours. Yeah, so and the quarter finals. Yeah, Andrew Lawrence's team beat us. Oh, uh, really? Was that with was that when he was with Tassis? Yeah, Tassis. Oh wow! So you go back, you go way back. Yeah. 
And how serious were you about basketball at this point? Had you already decided that, you know, this this is this is your love and this is what you want to make a career out of, or was it still something that was kind of like a, a hobby that you took sort of semi seriously? Um, I think I've always just wanted to be a professional sports player, whether it was football before or basketball. Now, I've never really saw myself doing a regular nine to five. So, with anything that I've I've done, which was football before and basketball, I always put my hundred percent effort into it. So I didn't, I didn't have it in the back of my mind that I'd be playing in Europe at the end of everything. But I always just tried my best and just had things fall into place for me. Usually, so that season with the Premier Team. Um, so I would assume by that point you were eighteen-ish. Uh, yeah. What, like, how good were you at that point? Do you think that you know were you the best player on your team? Were you putting up big numbers? Like. Um, yeah, kind of. At what level were you compared to your peers? Um, they'd probably tell you different, but I'd, I'd I'd like to think I was the best on the team. I was <laughs> at least the top two or three players on the team. I mean, Josh Rose Tyson was on the team at the time, and okay, he'd okay. already been around the England teams before and stuff like that. So I, I think I, I was definitely on his level. And so then from. From there, what happened? Was that because I remember you enrolled originally at the University of Wolverhampton or something yeah. like that? And was that immediately after that season? Um, I'll tell you what happened after that. Uh, because in, in sixth form, I started off I started off doing A-levels and I, that didn't really go well for me. I didn't enjoy the, the subjects I was doing or anything. I didn't really want to continue to do those subjects in 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 university or whatever. So... After my first year of sixth form, I, I, I decided to change and do a BTEC in sports because obviously sports was something I enjoyed doing and I, I would have preferred to do that uh, in further education. So I had to spend three years at sixth form. So after the second year, I was too old to play under 18s basketball. So I was just playing local league for the local sixth form team. And also, I was playing Division Two with the Birmingham A's, and that was when I that was when I met Stephen Hansel, and he really like developed my game further after that after that year. And um, that was what was I doing? I think that was the year I went to the under twenties team. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so two thousand eight, two thousand nine was when I started playing for the Birmingham A's team, like as as my main team, and that's when I made the the under under twenties team. And that was yeah. and that was and you were playing under Steve Hansel at uh, for yeah. Birmingham A's. Yeah. And kind of and you spoke about him having quite a big impact in your career before. Like I mean, is it you know was it kind of did he take you under his wing and sort of saw the potential in you and spent extra time or hours with you like what what specifically was it that he kind of did with you that that had such a positive impact um at the time he he, well, he saw the, the the potential i had i i had known nothing about him or i didn't know that he played in europe or anything like that before i met him and so he he told me about his obviously his career and stuff like that and he said that he, he really wanted to develop me into a into a player that he thinks I could play at that level. He wanted me to go to college, though, actually. So he really, like, we kind of 
was trying to push towards doing that. So, I mean, on that team at the time, we wouldn't really get any 10 players in practice usually for whatever reasons. So a lot of the time practice was just more individual work and three-on-three type stuff. So it was really, um, it was really intense and he could, it was more of a, a workout rather than practice. So I, I kind of developed more than I would have if I was at a team with 12 players going up and down five on five. And then, so then that summer with the under 20s, um, you, the trials were in Birmingham and that's the only reason you ended up going, right? There was no, there was no call up. There was no sort of plan in your head that you were going to be representing the under 20s that summer or been thinking about it or anything. You hadn't represented the national team at all up until that point, had you? No, I haven't. I only, I only went because it was just around the corner for me. <laughs> and what, you you saw an advertisement that said, oh, GB under 20 trials, and you thought, oh, I'll go and check it out? No, my uh, my sister-in-law coach was like, Miles, did you know that uh, Andrew Guffey, he said, do you know that uh, the GB under 20 uh, trials are in at Natural's? So I was like, no, nah, I didn't know. He was like, do you want to go? I said, yeah, let me well, sign me up. And then that's how I went. And how did you how did you find it? Like, you know, you went in you went in. Like, what was the format and kind of how did you find yourself matching up with everyone else that was there? Uh, I got I got to Nichols and it was it was like all the best talent that I've played played against in the years of when you playing basketball was there. So I was looking at all the all the names at the time were there basically whoever was still in the country or, or whatever. So I was it was a. I would never say it was like daunting or whatever like that, but it was. I knew I had to like play, be at my best, and I was just really comfortable because it was my home court, and I, I played played pretty well in all the drills, all the games and stuff. And that's when that's when Tim Lewis like, he recognised that I could actually play him and gave me the opportunity to to be on the team. And so you and you ended up making a squad to go to the European Championships that year when you're a year young, right? Yeah. Um, did it Did it all feel a bit? I mean, it, <laughs> to me, the story is just incredible because it's like you've kind of risen through, you know, obscurity, not really on the scene, no spotlight on you, no one really heard of you. You end up going to the trials because it's around the corner from your house, and then before you know it, like you're representing Great Britain under twenties at the European Championships. Um, mm. You know, how did you like? What was your reaction to that? How did you find the Europeans? Was it a bit of a shock to the system in terms of uh, the level in Europe compared to what you were used to in England, or did you find it relatively okay? Yeah, it was definitely a shock to see how well some of the teams have played, and just to like when I was googling a few of their names or something like that to see where they were playing. Like they was playing on like big, big European teams that I've, I've never heard of at the time because. I mean, the only type of European exposure for basketball that I was getting at the time was watching, I think, the ULEB Cup on Eurosport. Yeah, yeah. I think that was it. And other than that, I didn't know anything about any of the leagues or nothing like that. And then I, I went out there and was playing against some some, some some of the best youth players at the time. Um, it was tough. It showed me how what level I needed to get to. Personally, I didn't play great. I've never seen that was great. I was solid, though. I did, did well enough to be on the team. And so, looking at, I'm looking, I'm literally looking at your game breakdown from uh, from that year. And the first two games you barely played, so you got like 
eight minutes against Norway, three minutes against Finland. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you suddenly got 21, 26, 22, 24 minutes put up, like, you know, 5.8 rebounds, 6.4 rebounds, 4.7 rebounds, like decent sort of solid lines. What, mm-hmm. what happened after the two games for Tim to suddenly give more minutes to you? Uh, without going into too much detail, there was a bit of, there was a bit of, um, a few issues with a, a couple of players on the team at the time, so. I you can you can look and see who got minutes at the start and then who didn't get minutes. <laughs> so basically, but so it, but in essence, that worked out well for you because it gave you the opportunity that you needed yeah, um, sure. to do the things that you need to do. Uh, so after so after that, you you came you returned home having represented the uh, the Great Britain under twenties. Um, yeah. You know what did that do for your confidence coming back that season and. What was your next move after that? Was that was it at that point you then came to UEL, or was that later? After, that was that was later. That was after after I came back from the European Championship. So I was really set in my mind that I wanted to go and play college basketball. Tim at the time, Tim Lewis wanted me to come and play for Essex Pirates, and that was I think maybe the first year that they they established or the second. I can't remember. But he, he wanted me to come and play for Essex, and um, I wanted to go to college, so um, I was really working on trying to do that, and that fell through due to a few circumstances that I didn't know about because I didn't really have too much help doing it, and it was, it was all it's, it was it was a tough it's a tough process to try and go and play college basketball if you don't know the right people to help you and, and stuff like that, so. So you were just trying to do that by yourself? Basically, yeah. And you had done what? Just reached out to, just Googled random colleges and started emailing their coaches and being like, oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get a scholarship or... Yeah, for sure. I was, I was basically just emailing a lot of coaches that I'd found online and asking a few players that had played out there and stuff like that to put in a word for me. And um, I, got, I got some feedback, but most of them was telling me I needed to do the, the SAT test and stuff. Yeah. What, or the ACT, and then so I, I tried to sign up to do that on this. I don't know what type of website it was. And it gave me the wrong date, and then I don't know. <laughs> ended up missing the test. And at the time, because I wasn't at I wasn't at sixth form anymore, and I I didn't have any money. I had to get a job, but I didn't want a nine to five because I wouldn't have time to work out much. So that's when I decided to 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 go to university rather than get a a full-time job. So I uh, enrolled at um, Wolverhampton because it was down the road from my house again. <laughs> and um, that also, without me, without my knowledge, started my, I don't know what it was, the clock, the NCAA clock or something like that. Right. You only get four years of basketball eligibility and that took my years down to three or something, I don't know. And so, did, did the did the Wolverhampton have like a good basketball program? It was decent. I mean, the facilities was very nice. The facilities was uh, it was like comparable to Worcester University's facilities. Our team we didn't play in any of the top divisions, but it was a, it was pretty competitive while I was there. And uh, a few of the uh, a few of the guys from Birmingham A's were allowed to stay playing for them while I was in the country, obviously before I wanted to go, they were playing on the same team also. 
So it was, it was decent. So bad. And so did you get a part-time job at the time, or were you just a full-time student and then working out and trying to focus on your basketball as well? Um, I was full-time student. I had a part-time job during the summer, but uh, I just couldn't do both of them and work out as much as I wanted to. So I had to just get student loans and stuff to cover me for money, like that kind of stuff. And so how long did you stay at Wolverhampton for? Just the one year. And then it was after that... Then you- so then after that you then had the summer and you did the under twenties again. Yeah. And it was after that you then went to UEL. Yeah. And I almost didn't go there again. I almost tried to still chase the American dream and I almost went to Leeds University because uh Matt Newby was gonna help me with that. And so he wanted me to go there for a year and then go over to the States and stuff and then I almost enrolled at Leeds and then I just decided to do it a different way and I went down to Essex with Tim Lewis. What what made you decide to go to Essex instead of Leeds? I just felt at the time the USA thing because that that's when all that clock stuff came to light. I didn't know until until around that time. So it was all just a, just it just got too messy for me and I just thought it wasn't gonna happen. So I just decided to go and play pro basketball in England, see see how that was. And how was it? It was it was all right. It was a it was a tough season for me because I think it might have been the, the fourth game of the season. I broke my well, I fractured my foot in like three different places, crushed the bone in it and all that kind of stuff and torn ligaments, and I was out for I don't know maybe four months. And you I missed was, the entire it, season that year. I was yeah, it was it was really tough. I was living in Essex. I was living with, with Colin Singh and Jamel. Yeah. You know, and then Jamel Anderson, sorry. Um and we was we used to have to catch a train from Essex to to university every day, which was like a probably like an hour train and then twenty minute walk. And it was it was almost impossible when I brought my ankle to to keep going into university and do that type of stuff. So like most of the time, I was just in the house, no internet, not doing anything. <laughs> Are you saying that you you didn't attend a lot of classes? No, I couldn't. I couldn't really do too much moving, especially when I had to start rehabbing as well. Also, it was it was pretty tough to to keep up with that, and I never played for the basketball team at the university either because I was injured for all of that season, and um, yeah. So my first year in the BBR wasn't a great one. So that was 2010-2011, right? Yeah. Um, and so were you were you actually getting paid as a professional at that point? Were you getting money from Essex or was it just a housing and sort of education studies deal? Yeah, it was, ba- it was basically just... Um, it was on a full scholarship at UEL. Yeah. So it was getting, it was getting quite enough money from them to... I don't know, to, to attend university, have our food and all that type of stuff. And then Essex would give you a little bit on top just to make sure everything was working out right. How did you find the, um, I guess, the professionalism of the BBR? Like, even though I know that in that first season you, you obviously didn't play a whole lot, but clearly you were around the programme a lot um, and you saw other teams coming in and out. Um, kind of, what were your, what was your percep, your, what was your initial perception of it, and how did you find it? Um, 
I found it it was fun for me. Even though I didn't play much, I was always I was at every practice and I travelled to every game and stuff. And I was watching the guys play and I ended up playing a few games at the end of the season also. So uh the the level it shocked me because I don't know, at the time the BBL wasn't such a great rep when you talk to all the younger guys that was like on the verge of going to the States and stuff, it was like, nah, I can't play in that league. It's just, it's not good. This and another. And um, I mean, this is this even now. This it's getting better, and there's a lot of good players in the league. It doesn't get the respect that it deserves a lot of the time. And so after that season, you rehabbed. Uh, what happened from there? Um. Because that would because your first call up to the GB Futures was 2012, wasn't it? So that was the year after. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I didn't get the call up that year because I hadn't played enough games basically, and then it just they, they had more players than they needed, so I, I kind of didn't make the team that year. And um, what was it? yeah, I, I played decent against against uh, Mersey Tigers that season and I think Tony Garbelet already him and him and Tim saw that I could I, I could actually have a future in basketball and they worked out that I would uh, go to Mersey Tigers the next season and that's where you ended up for the next season and how how was how was that whole experience um that it was good it was alright for what it was I mean, we practiced every day and we had a, a good living situation. We, the money wasn't good. We had money issues because of stuff that happened in previous years and stuff. So, because that was the season they folded at the end of that season, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. So there was a lot of problems that season with wages and just general them trying to survive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But you played and you got minutes and you contributed. Yeah, I played well that season. Who uh, who else was on your team that year? Um, Devin Bailey, David Aliu, okay, Marquinho Williams. Um, I can't remember how many other English guys. And how did you, how did you get on with Tony? Tony was cool. Like me and him got a good relationship. He was, he was a good coach and a good person. Are you still in touch with him now? Uh, not often. Not often. I haven't spoken to him for a while, but when I see him, it's always cool. How many of your former coaches do you still have a relationship with? Um, I don't really speak to many of them other than outside when I when I see them at basketball events and stuff like that. Yeah. That's always just been... There's nothing against them or anything. It's just not, not my personality, really. I'm just... I just, I'm just kind of low-key, I don't really <laughs> do too much texting and talking and stuff like that. So after that, that year in Mersey, uh, that was when the switch to uh, Germany and going abroad happened, right? Yeah. Um, and was that was that originally through Tim as well? Uh, not really at the time. At the time I was, that was after, so after my year in Mersey, I felt like I played well and I really wanted to move out of the league and progress. So Tim and Tony was like putting their head together and they, they told me to get this, this agent I got 
And then um, uh, we spoke, we tried to get him to find me a job in Europe somewhere. Was that the first time you were signed with an agent? Yeah, that was the first time. Okay. So, I, so yeah, I, it was basically his task to try and find me somewhere in Europe to play in. He didn't really find anywhere. He came back to me with a, a contract from from Leicester, and I think it was possibly the day before I was supposed to sign for Leicester, and I was about to, and I just thought to myself, I can't, I don't want to stay in this league for too much longer because I'm going to be getting older and stuff like that. And so, what I was said, it? What was it that made you want to leave the PBR? Just I don't know. It's just personally, I, I, I felt if I stayed in that league for another season, then I'd just be missing something. I don't know what, what at the time made me do, but I just didn't want to stay for that for another season. So I text, I emailed all the coaches that I knew, basically asking them if, if they had any type of links where I could just go for a trial or anything outside of the country and then a few of them got back to me was saying sorry they don't have anything or they can't do anything but they're all the best and all that stuff some of them didn't get back to me but then Tim Tim Lewis he got back to me he said I think this might have been it might have been on a Thursday he said yeah we've had quite a few injuries on the on the first team and they're not really sure about the import that they've got on my team. So if I do some talking, I might be able to get you to to, to play in these games on, that they've got on the weekend if you can get out here tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. So um, and This was the day before you were going to sign with Leicester? Yeah, so this is the day before I was supposed to sign and it was going to be like the best contract for me that I've had in my career so far. So it was going to be decent money. Yeah. A good team yeah. and all that type of stuff. So I, I was like, oh man, I just, I just took the jump and I just said, all right, then cool. Didn't have the money to get the flight over there, so I had to borrow the money off, off Tim. In fact, he paid for the flight for me, and um, I paid him back. And then I went over there, and I think my first game, I got off the plane, he picked me up from Munich, drove to Ulm. Went straight into individual practice, uh, and then I played a game that evening. I think, yeah, I think it was a Friday evening. I played a game against Bayern Munich. And I, had, I had no idea about any basketball in Germany at that time. So, well, hang on, was this was this the day you arrived? The same day you arrived, or the day after you arrived? To my knowledge, I think it was the same day. I, yeah, I remember getting there in the morning, working out. <laughs> By myself, just me and me and Tim, and then I met I met the coaches that were there for the BBL team and stuff, and then it was like, "You're playing in the game tonight, right?" Or something like that. And so I ended up going to that game. I, I didn't play. I think I played like about three minutes in the fourth or something like that, and it was against Bayern Munich. For the bit, this was so this was in, this was in the BBL. Yeah, yeah, pre-season. This was right. Pre-season game. And how many people were in the crowd there? Quite a few. It was at a different gym to the, the gym that they normally use. It was just a little low-key pre-season game or whatever. So there wasn't too many people there. But 
I was playing against, I think Tyrese Rice was on the team at the time. He plays in yeah. Um, and a few other guys, and obviously it was, it was, it was quite, it was, it was difficult. I got maybe one block and missed two shots, and that was it. <laughs> that was it for that game. And, and then, it, uh, had you signed a contract, or like, had you signed a contract at that point? Were you on a game-to-game contract? Did you have a contract at all, or like? Ah, oh, this wasn't anything like. Basically, you literally just arrived and just suited up. <laughs> yeah, me and Tim was. I think the way that me and Tim sold it to them was like, I'm just going to be going around basically Germany to a few different teams and just working out and trialing out with them or something like that. So they just let me play for the game and. <laughs> And then I played the next day for the Pro B team. We played against an Austrian team. And I, I, I killed that game. I played really well. Really? Do you know what you finished with? No, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'd be lying if I said anything. But it was I, decent. You did well. Yeah, I played really well that game. That was At that level, I, I, was, I was better than that level. But then, after so after that, they, Tim had told me that the the pro B team that he was the head coach of, that the the management didn't, they weren't really, they weren't really sure of the the, the, um, the American import that they had. So they could have possibly be getting rid of him and stuff like that. So then they, they had me staying at this little, this little kind of, a, it's not, not like an apartment, it's like a big house where they had all the young boys. You <laughs> right. know what I'm talking about? They had like all the young boys, even everyone had their room and yeah. there was like, there was like an old lady living in there looking after them all. So I was just in there just waiting to to hear back from what was happening. I didn't have a clue what was going to happen, if they wanted to sign me or if they had room to sign me or anything like that. And then, um, so, the, yeah, Tim texts me saying, yeah, the, the GM for the Pro B team is really interested in signing you. I, I don't have a clue. He said he didn't have a clue about how much money they had or whatever this and not other, but he's going to come around and talk to me. So at this t- at this point, I was doing this all by myself. I didn't have my agent working on this for me at all. So he he wasn't fired in my eyes, but I didn't. He just wouldn't nothing to do with him. So yeah. I was just the negotiation. The negotiating was just me doing it by myself and from Tim's advice type thing. So the guy came in there. And he said, yeah, man, we, we want to sign you. I mean, I don't know what he was, he was making in England, but here you go. This, this is what you can get here for this team for this season. It was, it was awful. It might have been half of what I was going to be able to get in, in the BBR that season. Wow. And so what was your thought process at that point? At my, at that point, I was just sitting in the room like, I don't know about <laughs> but he basically wanted to answer there and then yeah and I was just, I didn't really I didn't really move for a minute because I I didn't think he was going to offer me something so low or something so bad without going into too much detail it was like less than 500 euros a month <laughs> so I just I spoke to Tim he said look you're going to be out here playing in this league or whatever. You're going to be able to practice with the BBL team. And it's it's just up to you if, if that's what you want. If you want to try and progress this way, then that's what I decided on doing. So I signed for them. 
they got rid of the the other American, well, the other import, sorry. And so I was the only import on the team, and I was playing with just a bunch of young young players. Three of them, <laughs> three of them had, no, two of them had pro contracts, and were the, the young German guys on the BBL team. So they would practice with us three times a week, I think it was. And then the rest of them was just young, not professional, just part-time kind of guys that practice every night with us. So what, what I mean, so essentially you placed a bet on yourself, I assume. You know, you you obviously you had the offer from Leicester on the table that was more than double, and you know, like considerably more than what you were being offered in there mm-hmm. um, in Germany. But I assume that you weighed up the options and said, okay, well, the opportunity here to practice with the BBL side and progress my career, yeah, short term, it might mean I'm taking a significant pay cut um, mm. and playing with all these young boys and stuff. But in the long term, I believe that I have the ability to play at a higher level. And I think that if I have these opportunities at practice and stuff, then I can work my way into the team. Was that was that the thought process? Had you thought I'm going to make the BBL team? Um, my thought process was just I wanted to practice with them and get on their level and then see how that went after the season had finished after I finished my Pro B season I, I wanted to to move up somehow somewhere basically just have a, a great season in the Pro B and then see how it goes from there really so how so playing Pro B how many games did you play like 10-15 10, 10, games in Pro B did you play uh, I think there's more than that maybe I played up until the end of January. And then and how did you find the level? Like was it was it too low for you? Yeah. I and, think so. Yeah. Because on um, most most of the teams that we played against they had two or three um Americans that had just come out of college, like maybe like I'm not sure what type of level college, mid low low major. I don't I don't know the college system too too well but they weren't the greatest players. Like every every one of them that I played against, I felt I was better than, to be honest. And um, at the time, I was playing with the BBL, practicing with the BBL side, holding my own and playing pretty well in practice and stuff. So I, I believed that I was good enough to play in the BBL because um, at the time, they were a Euro Cup team and they, were, they had some good players on the team. So it was really a good way to to gauge my level of, of basketball at the time. So had the had the BBL side at that point when you were just practicing with them, had they kind of said to you, look, you're doing really well, you know, we like how you're progressing and stuff, or was it just, you know, you knew how well you were doing and it was just kind of that intrinsic motivation? Yeah, they they saw how well I was doing and they was telling me that, like, basically if I was German, then I'd be able to be on the team kind of thing. The what I, if I if I was if I had a German passport, then I I would be playing in the BBL somewhere. That was like basically the the talks that I had with with a few of the coaches and stuff and stuff like that. And so from there, and how, I might need to skip back a little bit here because this this was 2012 2013. So in the summer of 2012, that yeah. was when you'd done you'd done GB futures. And you actually yeah. ended up getting a last-minute call-up to the senior men's team before the Olympics who were out in training camp in Houston. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? I remember that quite clearly, but uh, kind of what your memories of it were and how that whole experience uh, might have impacted 
uh, your career? Um, well, yeah, that, as you said, it started off in the GB Futures down in Surrey. We had a, I think it was a week training camp down there. And games and against I, Lithuania, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a good camp. I played well and it was just good seeing a lot of the, a few of the older guys that I'd never played with before. It was basically on the 23s team, I think. And, um, so yeah, it was good to play against them guys and play for some of the different GB coaches and all the GB staff and stuff like that. Developed a few good relationships down there. And then, um, that was when, I can't remember who got injured for the GB team. I think it might have been, I can't remember, but yeah, they had an injury on the, the GB team when I got a call up out of the blue. I didn't expect it, didn't know it was going to happen. And that was, it was great for me to go over to Houston and practice with the team for, for two weeks, I think it was. Who was it, that, who was it that, that made you the original call that called you up? Um, what's the guy's name? I'm terrible with names. A coach oh. or a member of staff? No, a member of staff. Ron Rutila. Ron Rutila, there you go. Right. Yeah, so Ron, he called me and told me if I, if I get out of tomorrow. And, and, I was like, and so how did that, I mean, how did that make you feel? Um, and how, Mate, yeah, and what kind of... That was, sorry, I'm talking Yeah, no, no, go for it, go for it. I was going to say that was like a major boost for my, for my confidence and stuff like that, to be able to go over there. And be playing playing in practice against Luol Deng and Pops and Joel Freeman, all them guys I'd seen playing in the NBA and all that type of stuff. So it was just it was a really 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 big boost for me. And, and, and again, it was something that I could see how how these guys practice, how how much effort they put in, and what they do to to make themselves great. So it was just really a big learning experience for me. I took a lot from it. Is there one thing in particular that you can remember from that camp that either one of the older guys or a coaching staff or someone said to you advice that you got given that you've kind of carried with you that's kind of helped you through to this day? Um, I'd like to just say a quote or something like that, but I, I don't really remember anything like that. It's yeah. just, it was just basically the whole experience, being able to see how how they operate really more than anything. Like what they're doing in practice and after practice and stuff like that. How did that you was... find your game translated? Like, did you did you hold your own at practice? Yeah, I did decent. I was, I was always playing well defensively. Um, at the time, I think my offensive skill set wasn't as good as it is now, so it didn't really translate for the team. I was trying to I was trying to do too much stuff that would work at a lower level. I wouldn't really work at a high level. I remember one time Chris Finch <laughs> started practicing and shouted right at me, telling me, no, I'm staying. Well, I'm not going to say what he said. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on this, but, yeah, it was just it was just really showing me what high-level basketball was all about, just executing better and spacing and all that type of stuff that you wouldn't really learn at a lower level. Did, you know, did you at any point then sort of look and just think the progress that you've made in such a short period of time, you know, you started relatively late 
and then you know by 2012 which was only you know a few years later it's like you're representing the senior team you played your, you actually played then against in a friendly against Nigeria didn't you mm-hmm. um you know did you did you kind of take take a moment to kind of reflect on how far you'd come and and thought about the sort of the journey that you made um while I was on a flight over there I did because it's the first time I've been to America and stuff and it was just that's when it all kind of hit me. I was going to go over there and play for the, for the GB team. It was just, it was a bit surreal, but then it's just, I've always thought about if, if you want something bad enough and you, you work hard for it, there's no reason why it shouldn't happen, really. Yeah, so it yeah. just, I just took it as, as, as what it was and made the most out of it. So after, after that, um, Going back to the pro, going back to the pro career. So that you you finished the season, you ended up playing for the BBL side uh, in Germany, didn't you? You got called up to the senior team. Yeah. Um, and then how how was that for you? Like, you know, was that vindication of kind of like your gamble, so to speak, had paid off that you decided not to take the Leicester contract and you decided to stick out in Germany? Did you? I assume that you got a new contract at that point for more money or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how, how was that? How did you find it? Um, it came about because they had an, a few injury troubles and they was, they was looking to replace a guy, but he wasn't completely injured. So whoever they was going to bring in, at the time, they would have had too many foreigners. So there's, I think they was looking at European players and they, they basically didn't find anyone until the last day. And that's when, I think, I don't know if it how it came up in conversation, but probably Tim threw my name in there, but they said just that they was just going to sign me. So uh, it was a shock to me. I didn't expect anything like that to happen because I didn't know they was looking for players or anything. And um, yeah, it was just, it was it worked out better than I could have ever thought, to be honest. How, just, how did they tell you? Do you remember the conversation, how it happened? Yeah, um, Tim texted me saying that someone's going to go, someone, someone from the office is coming to pick me up. He didn't tell me why. I was like, okay. Got to the office. Uh, Tim was in there. The head coach of the BBL team was in there. And the general manager for the BBL team was also in there. And they, they told me that they like how I've been practicing and how I've been playing in the Pro B games and stuff. And they're going to give me an opportunity to be on the team for the rest of the season. And they asked me, because they told me that I wouldn't be able to finish the season with the Pro B team. And um which was a bit disappointing because I think we could have won won the the league and stuff like that, but the opportunity was much better than than I could have expected. So it, they signed me on. Basically, they said it was like a young German players contract over there. It wasn't really much. It was it was more money. It wasn't too much more though, but it was better than what I was on. So I was definitely happy about that. And did you yeah. negotiate that contract yourself as, again by yourself about your agent? No, at the time I I had moved agents, so I approached a different agent. He didn't get that negotiated with me either. It was just I had him basically just look over it and say, "Tell me if it was good or not." He said, "Yeah, it's decent." So I just had him do that and then signed up. And how did you do with those guys for the rest of the season? Um, I was only the guy's re- replacement until he came back for the playoffs. So I knew I wouldn't be playing the playoffs. But right. I think 
I can't remember how many games it was left, but there was quite a few games. And I've got some decent minutes and some decent games in. I played all right in a few of them. Didn't play all right in some of them. I think the first first time I touched the ball in the BBL, I got, got ripped. <laughs> I stole it right out of my hands and went a fast break dunk. It didn't really start well, but it was decent for me. It was your welcome to the BBL moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and so at that point, was that like a confidence booster? Like, you know, did you feel like you'd sort of, you know, not that you'd completed the journey, but I guess, you know, you're now playing at, at, at you know, top league in Germany, you know, decent, good level in Europe. Um, you know, all those years slogging it through, through England and, and then, you know, in pro B in, in Germany has kind of, kind of paid off or, or was it just giving you a taste of like, oh, you want, you know, now you want to, now you reset your goals and now you want to take it to the next level and do something else? Yeah, definitely. It made me set even higher goals after that. I, I thought, now that I finally got my foot in that door, I could continue to to just keep progressing and get another get a job next season in the BBR, which didn't work out. It just didn't happen. The, the calls just didn't come in after that summer. I ended up having to play in the pro A and prove myself again. But see that that was that was the summer of 2013 when it was kind of like your coming out party in many ways with GB right where you played at Eurobasket and did really well average double digits and and everything else. Yeah, but I, I'd signed the contract with the Pro A team before. Oh, before had you to, to to GB that year. Ah, so after after Eurobasket, did you actually did you regret having signed signed that contract? Had you received interest from other teams at that point? Or did they just not come because you'd already signed? Or kind of how did it, how did it play out? Um, for me, that year was a bit up and down for me because I, I almost got caught during the whole the, the whole pre tournament uh, uh, pre pre camp or whatever you want to call it with GB. Yeah, I, I wasn't doing too well. It wasn't it was just up and down for me a lot of, a lot of issues on court off court, and so I. I had signed with the Pro A team. I can't remember. I think it might have been June or July because no, I, I wasn't getting any any offers from the BBL. So my agent and I discussed that. I'd have to. He told, he told me that the jump from Pro B to BBL really hasn't. It doesn't happen often, and that I was pretty lucky to be able to do what I did in that season. But then I just have to prove myself in the middle. Which was a pro A, and then so that's why I signed for Geeson. And um, yeah, after the tournament, I didn't. Ex- well, I don't think anybody expected me to play as well as I did. <laughs> had you not had you not expected yourself to play that well? Not really, because I I wasn't even starting before before we went to the the tournament. So I was just so what what changed? Um, I'm not really sure. I just played better closer to the tournament and then during the tournament I just everything kind of clicked for me and did you surprise yourself yeah yeah definitely I did I didn't expect to be playing that well we had a few wins which was good and then that you know like did that put a chip on your shoulder after that having you know sort of the high of the summer you know really strong performances at Eurobasket um 
and then having to then go back, almost like take a step backwards to then playing pro A again. Yeah, definitely did. I knew, I knew that I'd I'd had to put in a, a good season and make it back to where I wanted to be, where I'd been before. So, had you had any other interests from other clubs at that point? Um, BBL clubs. Yeah, like any club, any other clubs in Europe, not, or was that it? Like, not really. There's probably I don't know if there was talks about I don't know what because I'd already signed. There was no point in even doing anything like that. I don't think these, I don't think teams was even looking at me. But so you were just resigned to the fact that you're going to have another season in pro A. You just got to make sure that you you kill it, so yeah. that then you can progress from there, right? Yeah, for sure. And then that's exactly what happened. You had a good season with Geeson, and then the season after, 2014-15, uh, you were back in the BBL. Mm-hmm. Um, and how was that? How was it in Geeson or in the BBL? Both, the transition to both, like kind of the, the sort of the step from from the pro A, going back up to the BBL, kind of your thought process, you know, uh, your feelings about Germany. Were you, were you happy in Germany still at that point, or were you looking to try and go to other countries? Um, I was really comfortable in Germany. It's like a nice, a nice country, and it was really welcoming because a lot of them speak really good English. So there's no real barriers for that. And um, my coach in Gießen was a really, really good coach. I enjoyed my time there and playing for that team. It was one of my best seasons, off the court and on the court wise. Um. Uh, yeah. After that, uh, I signed in Bremerhaven the BBL and that was really where I wanted to keep improving because I knew that there wasn't one of the best teams and I knew I'd be able to I should have been able to play decent minutes but I wasn't getting as much as I I, did, I thought I deserved at the start with, with the coach that was there at the time and um, he got fired I can't remember when it might have been might have been before Christmas, but then the new coach that came in, he didn't have any problem taking anyone out of the starting five because there were, none of them were his players, basically. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have any connections to them, whereas the, the previous coach, he had connections with guys that he'd signed earlier than he signed me and stuff like that. Because, again, I only went to that team because someone was injured. Someone got injured in preseason, and then they had to look for a, a replacement. So that's why I only signed for basically from... You signed short-term, didn't you, initially? Signed a short-term deal with an extension or whatever option. And then it was and then it was actually renewed to the end of the season after that first period, right? Yeah, yeah. So then the, I'm aware of time because time waste lies in these things. We'll get up to an hour, so um, we'll wrap up soon. But just I just wanted to quickly touch upon the, the kind of then the transition to France. Um Kind of how that came about uh, after Bremerhaven. Bremerhaven, um, you then signed uh, in Dijon for last season. Um, you know what offers did you have on the table after after Germany? Um, you know, had you decided in your head that you wanted to try playing in other countries, um, or were you open to anything? And that was just the best situation that arose for you. Uh, at, at that stage, I, I just wanted to play for the best team I could possibly. Money was obviously you try and get the, the most money you can, but that wasn't really still the deciding factor of why I went to Dijon. I basically had a had an offer from 
uh, a team that was just coming back into the BBL from the Pro A. So I kind of didn't really want to go to another struggling team. I thought that they might struggle or whatever. They ended up doing pretty well. But Dijon had just been Euro Cup that season previously. So it was it was the better choice for me, I believe. So I just made the decision to, to go and try and diff- try a different league and see how it was over here. And how did you, and how do you find the French league in comparison to the German league? It's quite different, you know. It's, the level of players, I'd say, is probably very similar. There's, the talent level is very similar. There's less Americans, though. In Germany, they're allowed six. Over here, I think it's four now. I see it was five. But um, it's just the style of play over here is different. It's much more athletic. It's just, there's less space on the court, it feels like, because there's so much athletes when you get into the paint. There's someone that can jump higher than you, basically, and that's taller than you. So I had to change the way I played a little bit and just try and adapt to it. Do you think that France suits your game better than Germany? Or would you say that you preferred it in Germany for your style of game? Uh, I preferred it in Germany for my style of game because now I'm playing a stretch four. In Germany, there was more space for me to to isolate a a bigger four-man than there is over here because... The paint's all congested over here. It's just, it's pretty tough to to make that to make that um, the same type of type of play. But I, I'm I'm all right over here. My second year now, just trying to find my rhythm again, just get comfortable again. And then, obviously, this season is your is your first competing in in European competition um, with a FIBA Europe Cup. Uh, how how have you found that? And what's that been like as an experience compared to, um, you know, previously having only played domestically in each country's league? Um, it was just, it was the transition and the step that I wanted to to make is I'll try and make a step forward each year that I can. So it was definitely the next progression for me. Uh, playing two games a week is it's tough traveling wise and on your body, but you practice less which is also better for your body and stuff like that if you're not doing, doing too much too much crazy stuff in practice every day. So, I mean, for me, the more games you can play, the better. That's, that's what I, I prefer doing. I, don't really, I, lo- I love practice, but obviously I love games better. So, and how have you found the level? The level so far, we, in my first group, we had a team from Never- the, Le- the Netherlands, Hungary and Belgium. So, all three lower leagues in France but they're pretty good teams they're usually the, the best team in their league um, well apart from the Belgian team that we played but the level hasn't been too great so far but not bad and you, you qualified top of your group right so now you're into the second round and you finished like six and two, was it six four and two yeah four and two could it easily been six and all oh, to be honest we should have been six and all oh, but that doesn't really matter for now but yeah, going into the second round, I think we're going to be playing against better teams. So I'm looking forward to that that challenge. Yeah, cool. All right, well, look, we're yeah, we're coming up to an hour and ten minutes, so um, we'll wrap it up here. But I think uh, yeah, at some point in the future, we'll have to get you back on and do a part two to touch upon everything that we we haven't touched upon today. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. It's much appreciated, and and all the best for the rest of the season. No problem, man. Anytime. Thanks. 
You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more.